This, this is... Are we ready? The Catch-Up with Amy and Dave. Amy, because it is Friday, mm. uh, there's a couple of things we do. 90s or not, which is happening up in about 20 minutes' time. Uh, but we also do Fudge Up Friday, where we basically take a look back at a few of our mistakes across the week. Judge ourselves, hopefully get better. Doesn't seem to ever happen. So I'm really starting to wonder what the point of this segment is, to be completely honest, no. aside from just highlighting how um, how crap we can be. Well, it's to enjoy them again. Mainly okay. yours, not mine, because it's cringeworthy at best. All right, well, to that end, then, we're going to kick off with your one for the week, then, because you, you poked the bear, mate. You had a go at me. You had no. a laugh. Here we go. This Give is me. yours. It's a movement, mate. Hashtag no boot. <laughs> I'm interested in that as well, though. So. Got there in the end, mate, but uh, I'm I really... I didn't get there in the end. No, the second time around you did, yeah. No, I think I said Mill Boober again. Do you want to listen to it again? I don't want to listen to it again. I'm pretty I don't think sure anyone wants to hear that um, What's Mill Boober all about? What's that? Mate, that's next week. Oh, right? oh okay. Just you wait. There you go. Stay tuned. All we'll, will be revealed, my friend. It might be after 9pm <laughs> at night, though. Amy's going to be pulling a double shift. Uh, since, I, since I made that mistake, though, now, I cannot say the hashtag. I keep stuffing it up. I'm not even going to attempt it. Don't look at me like that. I, I'm just going to say Mill Booba has gotten a lot more <laughs> hits than Mill Dooba. <laughs> Um, all right, all's fair, all's fair. This is a unique one because it actually sounds like Amy is stuffing up, but it is all me. I need you to remember that when listening to this one. Okay, trending right now at hits.com.au. Well, Get up with Amy and Dave oh. on Hit 99.5. Don't mind me. Amy, you can uh, you have full permission. To use that for Fudge Up Friday. Full permission, my friend. So that was the worst one I've ever, ever done, it's safe to say. It's just the break that keeps on giving, isn't it, really? There's, I mean, you could look at today's segment and say, oh, they only played two Fudge Ups of the week. No, that was about five for me, all in the one hit. When was that as well? Was that yesterday? It was Wednesday morning. It was Wednesday morning. It was nice and early, luckily. Um, Hopefully some people were still asleep for that one. That one was a truly shocking one. I went the colour. I was the colour of a tomato in the studio here with how bad that one was. Uh, Anyway, moving right along. We're learning, mate. All right? We're moving right along. I'm never going to say the hashtag and you probably shouldn't... Retire, basically. I should probably just not do anything in radio is what you're trying to say. And it's a pickle. It's a pickle. I'll cop it. Hey, I'm going to take a quick break right now, but after the break, we're going to be joined by a very special guest. It's uh, Adam Voigt, who is uh, an education expert, and he's uh, CEO of Real Schools Victoria. Very, very excited to have a chat with him because uh, there's been a story floating around over the last 48 hours, a pretty extreme case of domestic violence, and he's got a very unique perspective on it. So Mm. looking forward to having a chat to him up after the break. Get up with Amy and Dave. On Hit 99.5. Let's have a bit of a conversation, and this is... Not a nice conversation, to be completely honest, but uh, we have seen in the last 48 hours the Mm. horrific passing of Hannah Baxter up in Brisbane at the hands of her partner, um, along with with her her three children, which is just just disgusting, basically, to be completely honest. Um, It's moved us. We haven't really found the right way to... um, to have a conversation about this because mm. it's not obviously in our wheelhouse. It's not what we would usually be talking about and we hate having to talk about it. Um, but to that end, we've um, we've reached out to Adam Voigt, who is the CEO of Real Schools and a former principal who, um, who sent out a tweet yesterday that really, really resonated with me, obviously having two sons. Uh, and he joins us on the line now. Adam, how are you doing, mate? I'm well, thanks, Amy and Dave. Good to talk to you. Uh, thanks for making the time, mate. Mm. Um, 
Look, we'll get straight into it. We don't really sort of need to go over the details or anything yeah. like that because uh, we've all read a newspaper or we've all read a news site in the last 48 hours. Just truly horrific. But unfortunately, uh, it's the sort of thing that we're seeing far too frequently happening in society uh, is is this level of domestic violence leveled at women from men. Yeah. Um, you tweeted yesterday about how, for once, let's talk about why this is almost always men and how we're raising boys that become these men. Yeah. How do we guide that conversation, mate? Yeah, I think the first one is to realise that we're on a hamster wheel when it comes to this. That you know that yes, this is always you know almost always at least men who perpetrate this kind of violence. Not just the sort of violence that ends up in uh, five dead people, but um, the sort of violence that happens every day in our mm-hmm. homes around Australia. Yeah. So to realise that that's a problem and that our typical reaction of uh, being outraged and Calling him a monster, which he is, but you know that that that, that uh, sort of getting that off our chest isn't fixing the problem. Uh, the problem must lie earlier, and it's how we are raising our boys that become these men mm. that we need to start to question. And that's a critically important conversation. I think that we need to spark across our across our entire country if we're really honest about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. The thing I find, apart from obviously the tragedy that has unfolded, what is sad is that it was almost refreshing to see your tweet mm. um, for you to, to come out and say those words because it just doesn't feel that common for men to speak out about domestic violence. Why do you think men aren't willing to come forward and really put a stop to it? Yeah, I, I think that the, the key component that sits behind that very question, Amy, is shame. Mm. Yep. So I think men know that to some extent, um, even though we, we sort of absolve ourselves sometimes by saying it's not me, it's the monster, um, but most men know somebody who thinks that domestic violence to some level or domestic aggression is okay. Mm. And we find that very hard to uh, speak out about because it is about changing the identity of who men are in Australia. Yeah. And um, for us to betray, it's at some point, who we are and who we're told we should be from a very, very young age is a very difficult thing to do. But um, it, we either do something difficult or we tolerate too many women and children in Australia being killed. Um, I'd prefer that we tackle the first option. Yeah. Is it is it just a massive problem in Australia or is this worldwide? No, it's definitely something that we have issues with uh, all around the world, particularly in Western countries. Mm. So it's about the way we we raise our kids. And so it's about, first of all, with boys, it's about uh, do we actually model for them the right ways to both treat and speak to women? Uh, I know that one of the things that you want to discuss today is what can the average parent do? And um, one of the things that myself and my son have an agreement is is that we'll talk about everything, Mm. Um, every anything that Mm. is you know that's a problem in your life. We'll talk about it. But there are two things that he knows don't cross me on, and that is to look after your sister and speak well to your mother. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that's a non-negotiable with us. Uh, The second thing we need to do is that when at that point about shame, it's about how we actually can teach our boys that when something goes wrong, when you make a mistake, Mm. there is always an appropriate action you can take. And when you do that, you feel good about it and you don't carry that shame. It doesn't exacerbate, it doesn't get bigger and bigger in you uh, to the point where it thinks for you and chooses some really stupid things. Yeah. 
That's great. It's great insight. And uh, look, I, I, as I've mentioned to you sort of off air, I've got two young boys myself and um, look, I, I'm terrified of the future to be completely honest. And I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of raising them uh, in the right way. I'm certainly endeavoring to do so. That's the goal. Uh, but it's, it, it does, it starts early too, because I think that, I think the point that you hit on around seeing, um, seeing the way that, that older people treat uh, women is just so vital and older men of influence in their life treat women is just so vital and that starts from such a young age and I think that people really underestimate that and I um yeah I think I mean I think that it is up to all men to really look in themselves and see if they are truly happy or if they are proud of the way that they are treating the women in their life and I think that their kids see that yeah and it's not about saying that you can never make a mistake it's not about, you know, you hear people say that it's about walking on eggshells around women these days. That's not what it's about no, at all. No. Um, but for our kids, what they need to see is not only you make a mistake, they need to see how you fix it. Yeah. You know, they're growing in a social media world where if someone does the wrong thing by you, apparently there's a button for that now. You just click unfriend yeah. and get rid of them. So they don't learn the skills of building, sustaining and repairing a relationship when something goes wrong. They need to see that. Mm. They need to see men in their lives who take responsibility, say, yep, I screwed up. I made this mistake. I said the wrong thing. Mm. I crossed the line. And this is what the work that I'm prepared to do to fix that. Because I guess that it is not, you know, it's kind of not what a good man does is to harm other people and leave it undone. Mm. Yeah. You know? um, but so for men, I think for dads out there, you know, if you're looking for somewhere simple to start, is let your kids see you take responsibility when you make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think atonement is incredibly important, obviously. And if we, if people listening to this um, do go back and go, you know what, I am going to make a change, how quickly do you think as a society we can make a change for the better? Because it just feels like, you know, with the Me Too movement and all the things that have been going on, mm. yeah, sure, things are changing, but they're very slowly and we're still seeing incidents like this happening. How quickly can we change? I think we can change quickly if we open our eyes. If we realise that the ways we've been handling, and I talk a lot to schools about, you know, that bringing an inspirational speaker in on a Wednesday afternoon or making a poster on a Friday about respect doesn't fix anything. Mm. It's about the culture that we're raising our kids in. We need to teach them to be able to solve problems the right way instead of lying about it or blaming someone else when they get when they do something wrong. Um, we need to show them how to build and sustain good relationships and we need to model that for them. And we If we raise our kids in an environment where we show that's what matters and we're not looking for a shortcut on this, we raise our kids in an environment that says that's what matters, then they'll do good things. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll catch on. They'll mm-hmm. learn that skill and they'll apply it for their lives. And we can, we can do that if we stop saying we can, you know, we can fix this with some outrage or we can fix it with uh, chucking another program in a school. Um, we've got to change the culture and the community that we're raising our kids. And if we're prepared to do that, the changes that we have to make can be pretty simple and you can get a, um, you can get a good return on that. Yeah, no, incredible. Look, Adam, thank you so much for making the time for us. Um, you've hit on some truly incredible points and I really hope that a lot of voices in the community listen to you. But, um, mate, thank you so much for making the time and, um, look, yeah, that's it. We can all strive for change and I think that some of the points you outlined are, are a perfect blueprint for yeah. that. No, it's a pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks for putting that message out there. Get, get, get up with Amy and Dave on Sunrise's Hit 99.5. Amy, the 2020 Virgin Australia Championship, uh, VA Championship, is roaring back onto our TV screens today with the action kicking off uh, on the Win Network live from the Superloop Adelaide 500. 
We are now lucky enough to be joined on the line by one of Australia's great sporting hosts and commentators, Matt White. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on uh, what's going to be a pretty massive day for mm. you, mate. Yeah, it sure will. Morning, Dave. Morning, Amy. Um, yeah, great great way to start the season. I'm actually, just before I head to the track down by the River Torrens this morning, nice and early, I do it every year. I've been coming here since this event started in 1999, can you believe it? Wow. wow. Just, uh, yeah, it's a really cool way to start the season. Such a beautiful city, and then we get to the track, and they all want to rip each other's heads off. In the car. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a difference to what I'm looking at right now. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's good to have that time to yourself, then, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, this tour is absolutely massive. So it's all over the country. It's also heading to New Zealand. Um, it runs right through to December as well. How do you guys prepare for such a massive tour? Yeah, I mean, it is a, a unique championship in that way that it stretches out so long, and then. You know, we effectively play our grand final, if you want to call it, at Bathurst in, in October and then keep going. So, oh, yeah. mm. it, you know, it's, it's even harder for, it's fine for us, um, but it's hard for the drivers and, and the teams and the engineers and all the mechanics. And, you know, it's a big logistical headache. There's more than 30 races, uh, 14 events. Um, some I think they do about 6,500 to 7,000 kilometres worth of racing, not to mention your qualifying and practice. So, you know, it may seem as though it's, staggered um, every second or third week from mm. here to, to, like you say, in December. But there's there's no rest time for these guys. That's why they shut down as soon as they can after Newcastle. They have a break. The drivers go off and get as fit as they can or at least, yeah. you know, have a, have a bit of a Christmas break and then they're straight back into it. So wow. it's a big championship, but it's a lot of fun and, and you know, it's a lot of, lot of hard work for, yeah. for us. Thankfully, we just get to you know, point some cameras and, and hopefully bring home the vibe back to everyone back in their living room. Amazing. So, mate, you've covered some pretty massive sporting events, well, the biggest sporting events in this country, including AFL, Bledisloe Cup, Olympic Games, uh, even the Australian Open. How does covering something like the uh, the V8 Supercars, which is obviously pretty, like, non-stop adrenaline, at least in the other sports, you kind of get a little bit of a break in the broadcast. Um, how does it compare to some of these sort of global sporting events? Yeah, look, everyone's different. You know, that's the thing that I've found about um, doing a, a lot of different sports, a lot of different sides of TV. You know, everything you go to is different. An Australian mm. Open is a different experience to an Olympics. The Winter Olympics is massively different to a Summer Olympics. Mm. Um, you know, and motorsport is very different to everything else. At the core of it is a lot of action and a lot of competitiveness going on, but a lot of storylines. So no matter where we go, we go looking for storylines. And in our game, this this game of Supercars, you know, there's 24, 25 cars there. So there's instantly 24, 25 driver storylines. Yeah. Then you've got all the other storylines going on behind you. And this is a, you know, this is a big sport, mate. This is a big political, monetary sport. There's a lot at stake for these guys. So sometimes you feel like you're in Canberra waiting yeah. for the Prime Minister to get here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably more stable so, than politics, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're right. So, um, look, every sport's different, like I say, and every coverage is different um, for us. Probably the bottom line is that, that every storyline, you know, chasing every storyline and, and, and bringing that across on the TV screen, having fun and entertaining too, is, is exactly the same no matter what we're doing. So, um, Matt, motorsport locally is quite big and we've got a lot of really talented drivers. What's your advice for anyone local who, who wants to make it big in V8 racing? Stick at it. You know, just stick at it because I've seen so many great young kids come through. I mean, every single kid, like I say, has got a story here about where he or she came through. And mm. a lot of it, obviously, is, you know, your regular path. They they jump into a go-kart when they're little. Mm. They get the buzz nice and early. Um, you know, they still go off and chase their other sports. 
motorsport's a hard one to get into. You know, you think of how many footy teams there are for young kids who want to go play footy. True. Girls and boys. But at the moment, there's a very, very select few positions available in the, in the supercars field. So it's a hard one to get into. There are other motorsports, obviously, you know, avenues to chase. And yeah. The peak is Formula One. So, you know, Dan Ricciardo didn't get to Formula One just by sort of hoping that he'd get there. Mark Webber didn't get there by, by doing that. They stuck at it. They did the hard work. And, yeah. you know, I think that'd be the best advice. Just stick to your dreams and stick to what you love. And, and hopefully, you know, <laughs> like us, we're doing what we love right now end up doing it. Exactly right. Well, you can catch the start of the 2020 Virgin Australia V8 Championship season this afternoon live from Adelaide on Winbold from 2.30pm. Matt, thank you for taking the time for a chat and have a great season, mate. No worries, guys. Thank you. Get up, get up, get up with Amy and Dave on Sunrage's Hit 99.5.